Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected, that we are all one. And ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us this for eons. So what you do to another person, you are literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is the state of the American workplace with Dana Bio. Um, I actually met Dana through a dear friend of mine. Um, actually, uh, he introduced me. His name is John Smallman. He was a guest on my show actually twice. And he uh, introduced me to Dana's work. And I'd like to welcome Dana to the show. Um, welcome to Awake to Wellness Radio, Dana. Hi. Well, thank you. Hi. Yes. Good. Thank it's you great so to much be here. Thank you, Len, for being with us. Yes, I was. As I was saying, I I was introduced to your work and introduced to you by our dear our dear friend uh, John Smallman. And um, I like to tell the audience you are author of a book. The title of your book is Extraordinary Workplace: Replacing Fear with Trust. And compassion. I love that. I just love that. So, and I know that you recently did some workshops in Seattle yes. with John. So, um, definitely, please share share um, that with us uh, about the workshops you recently did. I would be happy to. John Smallman lives in New Hampshire, but he came out to the Seattle area twice in the last couple months, and we did on-site workshops for people who wanted to align at a more deep level with their spiritual guidance, their inner wisdom, uh, possibly even just direct channeling. And with our assistance, people got really great results out here, and we were very thrilled. Lots of good comments. Wow, very, very good, very good. So please, share with our listeners, um, I know that you do a lot of workshops and your book is really focused on what's happening in the workplace today, in offices. And that's uh, really in alignment with some of the work I am doing. I work with Humanities Team, and one of our biggest initiatives um, that started last year was the Conscious Business Initiative. Actually, we're calling it a Conscious Business Movement. We have a Conscious Business Declaration, um, so if you haven't, Find that declaration. It would be great, uh, Dana, especially in the work that you do. Um, where it's all about, you know, businesses not just focusing on making money, but also focusing on the well-being of their employees um, and the well-being of the planet. You know, so it's all about businesses operating on a more loving, compassionate, and and uh, conscious elevation level, you know, taking business because mankind is elevating conscious-wise, so it's also business, transforming business today. So please share uh, with our listeners um, what you do and how, how you got to do what you're doing. 
Give us a little backstory. Thank you. I would love to do that. I was a business consultant or marketing director for a multitude of industries. I've worked with CPA firms, law firms, uh, banks, insurance companies. I've been in education. I've worked in senior living. I've predominantly worked in healthcare. I've worked with physician groups and hospitals. But what I came to notice was that there was a lot of relationship conflict and, and issues going on in the workplace that was getting in the way of people actually working cooperatively together. And ultimately, that affects the bottom line, which interests corporate leaders. And so I didn't really know what exactly was going on, but in January of 2000, I was awakened in the night and really given uh, an inspiration, inspirational message that my work was to work in the workplace arena, helping rebuild relationships in the workplace by honoring the spirit in ourselves and others that is residing beneath our self-created identities. So that's really the key. It's the spirit that's residing beneath our self-created identities. It's our Mm -hmm. self-created identities or our egos that are battling and competing for power and validation. And these images that we've made up, they're self-created images, the ego image we have that we hold, and they, they actually are just a shallow imitation of who we really are. They're roles that we play and they're artificial roles. So mm-hmm. my work is to help people replace fear with trust and compassion. And when we do that, each of us can be restored to who we really are, our true selves, our authentic selves, our spiritual greatness intended by the creator. So to that end, my work is dedicated and my book. Mm-hmm. Very good. So now um, you said you were awoken in the middle of the night in January, you know, that made me smile <laughs> because I actually got the inspiration to do this show um, in January of not 2000, but it was 2015. It was January 7th at 1.30 a.m. Spirit woke me up and said, just do it. So when you said Spirit woke you up in the middle of the night in January, I was like, and, and we're in January. January is a good month for Spirit. Yeah. You know, January is a very good month for Spirit to wake you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so please, share. Um, so um, when, how did the book come about? So you were awoken in the middle of the night in January of 2000. So take us from there. I was given messages every single night that I wrote down. I was often awakened. I would go to sleep and I would wake up and I would hear some messages about what actually was going on in the workplace, all about the ego drama. I'll tell you what the first thing they told me. They said, today's workplace is a web of egos battling and competing for power, managers disempowering employees, coworkers hurting and sabotaging one another. The workplace is filled with gossip. It's filled with pain. It's filled with paranoia. It's filled with um, one-upmanship, covering your back. And most insidiously of all, it's uh, really filled with fear. And so I said, is that an exaggeration? And the response was, don't evaluate, just listen. And for the Mm -hmm. next six months, I was given what I call dictation. And when I was done, I simply added stories 
and examples from all the different workplaces that I had been working in and all the true life stories of people in fear and suffering and in pain. And I originally called my book The Tragedy in the Workplace because human beings should be living in a world of harmony and cooperation, not this much pressure and pain and suffering. And I compared it to a drama, like a Shakespearean drama. And yes. so each of our roles is like an actor, our ego role. And I, mm-hmm. I share with people a way to unravel the drama that's going on in their own heart and soul so that they can give up projection and blame. And as they do that, they make it safer for the people that they work with. But it's hard to do cause, because in our ego, we all want to be right. And we want to be first and we want to be the best. And we want to, it's hard to give up our own sense of importance and actually look within and see what it is that's causing the reaction in ourselves. And when we can do that, that's when we give up that fear and the need to make other people wrong and be in that competitive mode that we see so often in the workplace. I Mm. I don't know if you've seen this statistic, but the Gallup poll uh, approximately a year ago said that 70% of people in today's workplace the state in their state of the workplace culture um, study, 70% are disengaged. So if people are disengaged, 70%, that means only 30% are actually engaged at work. That's a terrible mm-hmm. statistic. And I don't sure. think it's getting any A new report is coming out. And uh, they said the number one reason was the manager or what they called the boss from hell. So the boss from hell is oftentimes a bully, a um, ego-driven leader that does uh, strategies like micromanagement, attacking, criticizing, uh, taking all the credit, not allowing people to work in an environment where they can feel safe and work from their full potential. So those are some of the issues I address in my workshops and in my book, and it helps give people freedom from all, all that uh, pressure of trying to meet all these demands of so many other people. Wow. Yeah, when you said um, taking the credit, that just reminded me of a, a former job back in, I guess it was the late 90s. Yeah, I, I actually, no, actually late 80s, late 80s, late 80s, because um, I actually uh-huh. left corporate world back in the late, I left corporate world back in the late 90s but in the late 80s I actually I left the job because my manager was taking all of the credit for my work like I was the assistant and I was doing all of the work and she was taking all of the credit I'm like okay I'm out I'm out of here so when you say that I I understand exactly what you're you're saying and also when you were talking about this having to be right I call it, uh, it's having to be right-itis, having right-itis. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, but um, I understand exactly what you're saying because I did experience it when I was in corporate America. Um, like I said, thankfully, I, I left cor- corporate America um, in the late 90s, but it's definitely, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's gotten worse. See, I, I haven't even been... In corporate America right. uh, since the late 90s, and I'm sure it has not gotten better since then. Right. But I've, very, very, I've, very good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I've spoken all over the United States and, and many places in Canada to 
to leaders in businesses. And I, I've spoken to probably 400 businesses, maybe more. I sometimes lose, start losing count. But mm-hmm. when I ask audiences how many know what I'm talking about when I describe this web of egos and the fear and the pain and the suffering that people are experiencing, even though people are afraid to, to say it out loud, they actually raise their hand in my audiences. That's part of the mm. problem. They're afraid to talk about it because they're afraid they could lose their job. And even the leaders right. feel this pressure. So it isn't just the employees. It's all different levels of management, but then it keeps going down and causing pain and suffering. And But what people don't realize is the boss from hell or their direct supervisor or the the manager above that person, whoever is uh, appears to be the person that's causing so much pain and suffering, that person is actually in fear. And mm-hmm. they're just pushing down and projecting onto you their own anxiety. But it, because of the organizational charts and the hierarchy in the workplace, we give some people more power. It appears that they are stronger and in a higher position, but that is an artificial structure. It's not a true structure. We actually all have authentic power and we're equal. But mm-hmm. we are Very temporarily yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes on an organizational chart it looks like some people are um more worthy and more valuable and more important, but it's not true. Very true. Um and, and like you say in the title of your book, Turning Fear to Trust and Compassion, because it truly it all starts with fear. Like you say, even the upper management, it's upper management, middle management, and then the workers, it's all, it's just fear driven. Right. You know, their actions right. and their lack of communication, it's all from a place of, of fear. And not, you know, dropping the fear and actually starting to communicate, you know, and listening, because that's a big mm-hmm. part of communicating. <laughs> is uh, you can't really communicate if you're not really listening to the other person, and and I know just uh, you know with uh, you know communication and doing this show and just in everything I do, it's important to really listen um, to what what the other person is saying, and not feeling not being attached to that I have to be right, you know, and not right. being attached to the outcome. Which for me is mm-hmm. a big part of spirituality. My my spiritual growth, part of my spiritual growth, came from understanding. I don't have to be attached to the outcome. I can have right. an intention. I can have a hope. I can, you know, have dreams. But I don't have to be attached to what happens because what happens always happens in perfect divine timing. And knowing that, knowing that it's perfectly. Whatever happens when it happens is perfect. And knowing that from a core of my being and not being attached to what I want it to happen or what I hope to happen, you know. And that's, that, I think, is a big uh, uh, issue with a lot of people in general, that they, they get so attached to outcomes, thinking it has yes, to I happen Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. One of Go the ahead. main strategies of the ego is to control and if you're trying mm-hmm. to control things, that's based on past information and future expectations. And actually letting go of the control and allowing something new, allowing imagination and creativity to enter and give up the fears and the 
the um, expectations of how things will turn out is the way to create absolutely new innovative ideas and new um, possibilities. But too often we're using our mental state instead of also including our heart and our compassionate state of mind, and we therefore are not working at our highest potential. I'm sure you've noticed when people are joined together and they feel safe and they are honoring one another and they are in a cooperative environment, people come up with incredible ideas based on their own imagination. But in the current workplace, it's very often so stifled and people feel so anxious to say the right thing, do the right thing, get approval, that they actually aren't contributing from that deep wellspring of intelligence and genius and creativity. Very true, very true. So do you have um, kind of a, um, a tips or guide that you can help the people, like people listening to this show right now, which um, we are pre-recording, but when people listen at whatever time they listen, wherever they listen, because the wonderful thing about Internet radio, um, we, we're focusing on the American workplace because that's where we're located, but I'm sure what we're talking about is universal in the sense at workplaces all over the globe. So when people are listening to this, um, do you have some advice and suggestions or tips that you can um, offer for the for the people every day every, in in the in this environment every day? Yes, I do. I would love to share with your audience some of the steps that can help each individual help release their own fear, recognize what it is, and connect with their own authentic power. And authentic power, by the way, is being connected to love, to the universal love source that we're all part of. As you say in your um, introduction, we are all one, but we feel separate, and fear makes us feel more separate. So I know you have a very spiritual-based audience, and I would just like to take them through an exercise And so Mm -hmm. if you are a listener, I suggest that while you're in your workplace each day, that every time you feel your uncomfortable moment or that moment where you feel the fight-or-flight feeling, and and I know from my audiences that number in the thousands and thousands that it happens all the time. But when you feel that moment, like I'll give you an example, Uh uh-oh, here comes that conversation with that person that I don't get along with, or here comes my boss and they want to um, check on something I've done. And whatever the anxiety that comes up in you at, at the workplace, I want you to think about this. And this takes courage. It's, a, it's an inner walk inside yourself. You look at what's happening in the moment and ask yourself, what is this fear that's arising in me? Why am I feeling anxious? What am I really afraid of? And then I pose a few possible answers is that you're afraid you're going to lose your job or are you afraid you're going to lose face? You know, is it something to do with your pride? Are you afraid that somebody is going to expose you don't know as much as you thought you did or you thought you knew a lot but you know this person is always critical? As you Mm -hmm. ask yourself these questions, what you're doing is you're discovering what is happening in you that's causing this reaction of fear. Because the truth is, no one else is causing our fear. It's only our belief that somebody else can harm us that makes us feel fearful. 
So identifying the fear is the first step. And then the second step is to ask yourself even more deeply, what am I really feeling? Because whatever that feeling is, it's covering up your deepest fear. Are you feeling, this is not fair, I'm a victim? Are you feeling, I'm not loved, I'm not needed, I'm not worthy of the position? This, by the way, could be something you can do even in all relationships, in your family. It could be your spouse. It could be your community. This even happens between nations. It's fear that causes this reaction that makes us want to attack back or to run Mm -hmm. away from it. That's the other thing we often do is we run away from fear. So ask yourself, what is this fear deeply telling me that, that I'm not worthy I am um, a victim. There's something core in there that is blocking you. It's a shadow response. And I Mm -hmm. want to help you get in touch with your true power, your authentic power, your connection to universal love. Mm -hmm. Okay. This moment, most people, yeah, some people, it might take a little longer, but it takes, um, you know, real honesty to say, what am I really afraid of? Because it feels like anger or it feels like disrespect or it feels, you know, a lot of first emotions, but it's underneath is the, the real fear. So then I say to all my audiences, and I'll say to your audience, how would you like to feel better in that next interaction and come from authentic power? And, of course, everybody would like to. So this is how you deal with it in the future. The next time that situation comes up, Instead of being hooked by your own ego that wants to protect you and keep you safe and be right and make the other person wrong, this time, the minute you feel that emotion, that fight-or-flight feeling, you take a very deep breath because that always helps release some of the fear and it gives you some time to stop the ego from jumping in. Then you say something to yourself that is, connecting with your authentic self. I like to say to myself, I'm awake when I feel that feeling. You could mm-hmm. say, I'm powerful or I'm strong. Mm-hmm. Something that connects you with who you really are. And then you say to yourself, this person is reacting out of their fear. That doesn't mean it's my responsibility to react in the way they expect. In fact, exactly. if I act and validate the way they're behaving, I make it true for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the true, yes, the true response is to say to yourself, I have a valuable opinion. I don't have to be a puppet in somebody else's drama. It's probably not even about you. It's more about mm-hmm. them. I'm like free that. to listen and speak from truth, but not with blame, to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And then you can communicate and listen without having your sword up and your, um, you know, a weapon and a protection and a shield. Just take the walls down. And as you take down your walls, you make it safer for the other person, even if they're in a higher position in the workplace organizational chart. Right. Can you imagine how freeing that is to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. It's so true. And, and yes, exactly and, what you said. That that first of all, I always I always say, and I always share on the show that love. I always say love in action, and it changes everything. So no matter what, the, like you said, take take a few deep breaths, 
be in the now, be in the moment, and, and don't even associate that person with whatever past actions, you know, because that's, that's past. Be in the now, be in that moment, right. take, the, take those deep breaths, and remember yeah. who you are. That's the important yeah. thing you said right there, because when you remember yeah. who you are, you don't allow the ego mind to take control of the situation. Right, true? because the ego never gets a good result. The ego gets mm-hmm. into its typical strategies of blaming, projecting, or being a victim, feeling sorry for yourself. Even victims have a what people don't realize, being a victim, I call it the self-righteous victim, is actually an attack. It's saying, mm-hmm. I'm hurt and you're the cause. So you can't mm-hmm. even have a perpetrator without a perpetrated upon, and you can't be the perpetrated upon without saying someone else is the perpetrator. So it's a mutual interaction, and it, there's right. nothing powerful about being the victim. There's mm-hmm. nothing powerful. In fact, giving up your own power when you do that. So what I, I, I really like to say to people is fear is already in us. Somebody else, no matter who it is, if they're in your family, if they're across the globe, if they're in a political position, or if they are a coworker or a boss, they really don't have any power over you. They are just hooking a fear in you that's already there. So who can release that fear? You can. You're the only one that can. So We're true. in control of our own feelings. Mhm. Very true. Mm-hmm. And when we know who we are, we know that we are all powerful. <laughs> we are divine light beings. Um you know, inseparable from God, yes. inseparable from source, inseparable from the universe. When we know that, and and I say not believe it, but know it. When you know it, you 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 have no fear, because you know who 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 is God gonna fear, and that's who you are. You are an aspect of God, so there is nothing right. to fear. And and right. the other thing is owning that you're creating this this. Reality, I you know these are are my truths that I always share on this show, and that when you own the fact that you're creating this reality, and and you wrote the script for that person, so yes, <laughs> yes. Well, at least you validate yeah. it if you start mm-hmm. responding in the way they expect. And and Carolyn, I think this is all on a deeper level. This is all part of the shift in consciousness that's happening right now. You know, we mm-hmm. can't off, always affect a change with somebody across the world. In fact, how can we even have compassion for someone across the globe if we can't even have compassion with people in our own family and the people we work with? So my, my other tip to go along with this is to look through the eyes of love and know that no matter how things appear, it's not really the truth. Underlying mm-hmm. all the superficial action, interactions and this structure of society that's been going on for thousands of years, there's actually a deeper, more abiding truth, and that is what we've been talking about, that we all emanate love, we come from love, we are, love is our source, love is the power that sustains all life, and it's far more powerful than all these artificial interactions that are creating so much havoc and mayhem in the world and in the workplace and in our families, in our neighborhoods everywhere. It's all the same exact thing going on. So as we heal it where we are, we're impacting and affecting people worldwide. Yes, it's a ripple effect. 
So very yeah. true. And, and so when, when we heal our homes, what's going on in our homes, well, when we heal what's going on in our workplace, in our office, it, it ripples right. throughout the out right. the universe, truly, because we're all connected, we're all one. So each time it's healed, it's healing. We, we are that powerful, and we just don't know that. Um, I was mm-hmm. sharing with a friend the other day, each time you laugh, each time you're joyous, the the whole world, the whole universe is that much more joyous. You're that powerful. You know, the world truly laughs with you and cries yes. with you. You're that powerful. Yes. So I was just uh, reminding her, her of how powerful our emotions are. We truly have yes. that kind of rippling effect. Um, I love Rumi's quote, uh, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. I love that yes. quote. Because That's that beautiful. we are all of it. Yes. It's uh, holographic. We we yes. are all of God and God is all of us. And that sounds like and I and I say it, when I say it I'm not just saying I'm just you know, it's not just me. We all are. Right. We all are equally like you said yes. in in um businesses and in offices you have that hierarchy you know but in truth we're all equal and we're all that divine spark of god Mm -hmm. absolutely and during this shift in consciousness each one of us is awakening and as we awaken here's the exciting news my guidance and i would agree with you completely that when we laugh everyone laughs with us and i would say even beyond the world in all dimensions Mm -hmm. Yes. The guidance has been, my joy is their joy. I call my mm-hmm. guidance the 12 wise ones. I actually have a blog that I post my spiritual messages that I receive um, pages and pages and pages. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just the12wiseones.com. And what I'm being told is right now we don't have to wake up. Um, I mean, we, we are, the minute we wake up, we don't have to wait for joy. Joy is here right now. And yes, when we know that, it, yes, and mm-hmm. when we know that, that's when the miracles happen. And this yes. January is a very powerful month. There's so much energy being infused on our planet to all of us to help us. And miracles are happening behind the scenes. People are making great discoveries. They're having these so-called accidents and synchronistic events happening. And mm-hmm. everything is ex- right now and and some of it may even feel a little more difficult but it's all in service to the shift going on on the planet to bring about a better world and even the things that look the darkest to us where we see egos in positions that seem uh, atrocious to us it's still part of the plan the unfolding to help us shift into a new world of compassion and love hard to believe sometimes but but when we're in the present and trust that, we can feel joy no matter how it looks on the outside. Exactly. That you That's the key, too. It's not appearances outward. It's really inward. The shift first has to happen within each of us. It's an inside right. shift because that yes. is what brings about the outer shift. The outer shift, the, you know, so many people are looking for things to change on the outside. I hear this from spiritual people all the time. 
they're looking for the change on the outside without first having mm-hmm. that change inside where you know that this now moment, there's nothing to wait for. It's already happened. You know, the the right. the, the um, ascension, all of the, the consciousness has already risen because everything has already happened. It's all happening now. So it's yes. nothing to wait for when you wait, like you said, when you wake up and you know it and you have that peace and you have yes. that joy in this now moment, that is yes. when, that's when you experience it. And that's when the rest of you, you the ripple effect for the rest of the world and the rest of the universe and, and, and it's all connected, it's all one. So each person yes. that awakens just, it's, so it's so true that people are looking for it on the outside when it's happening on the inside. Yes, and, and yeah. I would like to add something about awakening. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not in the spiritual community, you might wonder, what is everyone talking about awakening? What we're awakening from is this nightmare, this dream of pain and suffering that we're all living in. And I want to tell you something. It's an epidemic. People mm-hmm. are self-sabotaging. They are self-deprecating. It's been a pattern for thousands of years for human beings to doubt themselves, to feel fear, to feel inadequate, to not own their own spirituality. And it's taught. I, um, I hate to say this, but churches teach it. They teach a humbleness that's not real. We were created to be powerful. And yes. when we give up our yes, when we give up our power... We are listening to our ego. So the ego doesn't just look boastful and cocky and arrogant. The ego also can look small and timid, and that is Mm -hmm. not owning our power. And, in fact, um, one of the things I teach in the Enlightened Leadership courses that I speak about and speak on and, and speak at at national and international conventions, an enlightened leader is actually self uh, introspective. They look in to do the shift yes. within themselves. They operate from integrity. They are consistent. They have true humility, which is not self-deprecation. It's the recognition that you don't have to grandstand and, and try to prove that you're greater than anyone. It's being honoring the spirit in all people. And mm-hmm. false humility is actually a sign of self-deprecation. So it is mm-hmm. an epidemic. I want to say that to everyone in the audience. When you doubt yourself, when you say something wrong or say you're too fat or you're not smart enough or you probably couldn't do this or whatever thing that you say to yourself that you often say because we all have our certain themes, you are not honoring the spirit in yourself. And Jesus and other leaders, who spiritual leaders and, and, and totally awakened beings on this planet, Jesus did not disavow himself. He did not disclaim himself. He did not operate from doubt. So if you are a follower of Jesus or the Buddha or any of the the great masters, they did not walk in a quiet, down their head turned down in a bowing way. They were strong without being um, disrespectful to others. So Mm -hmm. I say to my audiences, we don't bow to anyone, nor do we ask anyone to bow to us, but we do honor the spirit in everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Well, see, I see. For me, I feel that the understanding that we're all equal in that way. There's no one above and no one below. We're all on the same level. Now we're all unique. You're, we're all unique. We have all unique gifts. Um, we're all unique aspects of the divine. There's no one like us. Um, but we're all equally unique. Yes. So that, that yes. to me is the, and when you understand that, you, you, the humility is just knowing that we're all the same. Even someone that's homeless, that's sleeping on, in a, on a park bench, is no different than me. He's just as divine. You know, right. and I like to say the term namaste. I'll say it quietly when I'm walking in the, in the store. I'll say to myself, everybody I pass, I say it quietly, silently to myself, namaste, because what I'm doing mm-hmm. is the divine in me is bowing to the divine in them. We're honoring the divine in them. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I call it love shine. You know, mm-hmm. sunshine comes from the sun. Love shine is a term that I coined, meaning mm-hmm. that the vibration and emanations shining from our heart. And as we go around in our every single day occurrences and, and daily activities, we encounter people all the time. So often we barely look at others. But if we can start practicing just looking at the eyes of people, and I don't mean mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm making eye contact because it's a good <laughs> business strategy. I'm talking about... I'm talking more about truly seeing the eyes of other people. And when Mm -hmm. you do, you will feel a sense of connection because the eyes truly are the windows of the soul. And when you can do that, yeah, then you can feel a sense of love and you can see that they are just other versions of yourself. We're all, we're here in in our splendor and beauty and our uniqueness. And we've all Mm -hmm. picked journeys that work best for us. And it may look difficult it may be the very thing that we've chosen to awaken from. And so exactly. we can't for even what anyone else is going through because it is perfect for them, and it mm-hmm. is their plan of awakening to be in that version of themselves. Exactly. And when you were talking about looking in the eyes, because, you know, if you, you go around and start staring at people in the eyes, they'll, like, think you're crazy and, like, you know. But what I do with that, with babies, Whenever I see a baby in the store, I look squarely in their eye, and they look, they're, they're looking me in the eye because babies already, they're there. They know. They right. know who they are. Yeah. They just can't tell us. And I do yeah. that with every single baby I come across. I, I stare, gaze deeply into their eyes, and they gaze deeply back into my eyes. So it's like, yeah. I, I, it's hard to do that with strangers other than babies but i could do it you could do it with babies i do it all the time i love it love it and they haven't built up those walls and and filters to to protect themselves and and really our ego strategies just to be clear they're not something bad about us but they do limit us they are they're a um, type of wall to keep us safe our ego wants to keep us safe the ego is always strategies but our ego is Mm -hmm. like a little child and we just need to love our ego and say oh i appreciate how you're helping me 
And and our ego has developed a lot of talents that we can use. It's part of our personality, just like our body. We need our body right now. But the mm-hmm. more we can accept and love ourselves just the way we are and, and know that we're beautiful just the way we are, then that's what we will give out to other people as well. And And on a bigger scale, when we are oppressing other people or hurting other people around the world or in the workplace, none of us are free because, like you said, with oneness, Understanding the oneness, when anyone's oppressed, we all are oppressed. Yes, this is true, yes. And when mm-hmm. we're all free, you know, and and elevated and awake, we're all awake. You know, that that is the wonderful thing about it, is that we're, we're so powerful. And, and, and we're not taught in society, um, in society and traditional... Uh, religion, um, like you said, you mentioned church. We're not really taught how powerful we are. We're, we're taught that you know we're separate, and you know we're separate right. from each other, and we're separate from God. And that was the biggest thing. Like for me, understanding the truth of oneness woke me up and made everything clear to me. Once I understood that, everything made sense. I'm like, I get yeah. it now. I really get it. Yeah. And then when you when you do awaken, the first thing you want to do is share it with others. You know, right. you do. You want to share it. And then, you, like you said, though, the, you have to understand that everybody is on, they're unique, they're all divine, and they're unique, and they're on their own path of awakening. You know, because we're all going to oh. awaken in, in a, a now moment because all there is yes. is a now and and at some point we're all awake <laughs> you know um so what you have to understand even if a person is following a path that you personally wouldn't follow you can't judge it you you mentioned right. that you, there's no judgment on you know you look at a person you don't i don't feel sorry for a person that's homeless and do, that doesn't mean i don't have compassion to me this is my meaning of compassion. Compassion is knowing that that person is divine. And I look upon yes. that person with love. I don't look upon right. them with pity. I look upon them with love knowing that this is their, you know, their divine spark of God and this is their what they're going through. They their higher self chose for this soul to go through this journey for a reason. And we can't judge anybody's path we can't judge anybody's reason, and we know that there's. But we, when you're awake, you you know that they're equal to you. There's no, yes. you know, there's no thinking. Oh, they're they're lower than me, or you know, any of that. All of that goes away. It doesn't matter how much money a person has or how, the lack thereof. You know that they're right. equal to you. So yeah, and very very. Go ahead. And and um, that we're all connected by love, by the universal mm-hmm. power of love. We really mm-hmm. understood how love is. We would trust in that and not in our yeah. ego. The very thing that we're trying to do so much, you know, I just love the freedom to talk about this with you, Carolyn, because it is a spiritual community. I have to be a little more careful in the workplace because I don't want to threaten people's thought systems or belief systems. So I, I share principles about universal love, but I, I'm not quite as open about, you know, the the, the 12 wise ones and, and the guidance, just because, you know, I don't, I have to sort of consider who my audience is, 
but I'm enjoying yes. being able to talk freely to the spiritual audience and and to really remind everyone, no matter how spiritual you are and no matter how much you're on the path, the moment to awaken is right now. And so if mm-hmm. you're feeling fear, even though you've been working on this path for years and years and years, to know that that is your opportunity to look within and ask your own inner guidance, what is this fear showing up and teaching me? And my own experience has been that every time I stop and look within, I get beautiful answers, and I realize that all my self-criticism, really, Carolyn, one of my criticisms was, why didn't I wake up faster? Why didn't I understand this? Well, I have had my moments of awakening. I've had my moments of going back to sleep. I've had my times of struggle. I've had my times of utter joy and peace. That's all part of the journey, but I want to say to everyone in the audience, you're right on time, wherever mm-hmm. you are right now, exactly perfect. You're perfect. You're not behind, yeah. you're not behind right. the schedule. That feeling that I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money I or I didn't do it right or I, I'll never get it right, all of those are just more ego thoughts that we have been conditioned to believe and say to ourselves again and again and again. So I, I, I created, I just shared this in the workshop that John Smallman and I did because we really mm-hmm. emphasize connecting with love. But first we have to be open. So I made a little acronym to help us throughout the day to remember to be open because if we've got our head down and we're in a state of worry, we're not being open to the, the higher power of universal love. So here's the acronym I want to share with everybody. It's the word mm-hmm. open. And throughout the day, we all go in and out of doors. And I want those doors, whenever possible, to remind us that as we open the doors inside, we can open the doors to the outside. It's not the other way around. And so the O stands for open, being open on the Mm -hmm. inside, everything that's available for us through the spiritual realm, through our connection to the divine. And so the O stands for open, to presence, the P stands for presence, the presence of God, the present moment, and the E stands for enter. When you are open to the presence or the present, you then mm-hmm. open the door within mm-hmm. now. Tonight, mm-hmm. not yesterday, not in a week from now, now. And if we do that throughout the day, open, just say to ourselves, open to the present Enter now and ha- let doors, real physical doors, remind you of that. I have yes. two French doors looking at right now that remind me frequently to open. Mm-hmm. Then we can practice being awake now and mm-hmm. staying awake now. Yes, that's so key. Nope. One of my fav- favorite books uh, of all times is um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I, I read it. I listened to the audio book. I actually started just listening while I was working last night. Sometimes I can work and I can listen to something, so I put on the audio book again. While I was working just last night, I was listening to The Power of Now because the, the, it's so important to understand the truth of the the now moment, mm-hmm. which all there is, and mm-hmm. that's your point of power, that is, you don't yes. you don't awaken in the past, you don't awaken in the future, you awake right now. And when you exactly. awake, when you awake, you stop waiting for things. 
You know that everything is perfect in this now moment. There's nothing to wait on, you know. So I just, yes. Well, and then that's that's when the miracles arrive. This is a time Mm -hmm. of miracles. I sign all my emails, everything I correspond, I sign sign it miracles, love, and laughter. This is the time of miracles, love, and laughter to open up to that. And it's up to each one of us to just accept it and allow it. And um, so we were at this retreat, John Smallman and I, and we each shared a miracle. And and I'd love to share a little miracle that happened to me. I'm I'm renting from a, a, I have a lovely place in Bellevue, and I'm renting. And the owner decided to sell the house. And she's become a dear friend, actually. And so we both joined our palms together and in, in, in united energy that she would sell her house quickly and that I would find a new place. Well, I live in the Bellevue, Seattle area where things are going so fast. It's like, you know, click, click, click. And it's difficult to find anything. And it's also going up constantly. Just It's one of the highest um, economic areas where people are just getting, you know, exorbitant mm-hmm. in their costs of houses and rentals, et cetera. Well, right. the day before uh, my landlord, Christina, received an offer on her house, I was at the Apple store getting some tech support, and I met a lady that was sitting at the same table that I was sitting at, and we chatted mm-hmm. off and on while we were downloading things and syncing things on our tablets and computers. And right. we got to talking, and I mentioned that I was going to be needing to find a new place to rent in this area, and she just yes. happened to have a beautiful place to rent that was exactly what I was looking for. Actually, she hadn't even wow. planned to rent it yet. She and her husband were just talking about it. And mm. it was like, this is so meant to be, because I'm a good renter, and she would only do it if she could find a really good renter. And mm-hmm. um, like yes. in 48 hours, I'd already visited and seen the place. My pers- my landlord, my friend, told mm-hmm. me she got an offer on the and everything is happening, and we all feel like it all happened and was orchestrated by the universe because there's no way perfect. I could have met my new landlord by any other way than being in the Apple store. She wasn't mm-hmm. advertising, and I hadn't looked. So yes. that's an example of a miracle. Yes. And I recently um, had a miracle like that in the same in the same way. Um, like I said, I, I left Corporate America, oh, back in uh, 98, 90, well, actually maybe 2000, I left Corporate America and been self-employed. And I um, had a client that, and I lo- unexpectedly lost this client um, about eight, nine, ten months ago. And it was, in, and I wasn't, the weird thing about it is when I, I lost this client, I felt nothing but actually my spirit was saying, you need to be doing more with oneness. You know, that's what my soul, I had already I had already been doing my show for a little over a year. And um, I knew I didn't want to do anything else but what I was doing with my show. And within 36 hours, <laughs> within 36 hours, I got the new client of Humanities Team, which their wow. mission is to awaken the world 
to oneness. And I'm telling you, it it was totally a miracle. A, a friend of mine was telling one of my friends, and she was freaking out. She was like, "Oh my God, what are you gonna do?" Wait, yeah. You know? And I was, I was like, "Calm down, it's okay." Because honestly, when I was losing the client, and it was very unexpected, it wasn't, um, you know, nothing I had envisioned that would happen. I was completely calm, and actually my soul was joyous. My right. soul was saying, okay, it's time for you to be do more in the area of oneness. Okay, you've been doing your mm-hmm. show now for a year. You need to do more. And within 36 hours, <laughs> I was with humanity's team. So that, that it was just Beautiful. Perfect. It was perfect. Beautiful, so, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And as we and awaken, was, and mm-hmm. we see him more often, there was more no mm-hmm. I had no worries. I knew that spirit was leading me directly where I needed right. to be. So it was exactly. great. Yes. I don't yes. know if you know, oh. Carolyn, that I, I wrote. I have a writing called Global Oneness, and mm-hmm. it's and I, also, yeah, I also made it into a video. It's on both my websites, my blog, and my website. And it's about everything we've been talking about, about that it's time to make changes that benefit all people and to stretch the current framework by bringing love and respect to the world. And and there's one line in it that says, What a holy day when one by one we take off our masks and we see our brothers and sisters standing there whom we mistakenly identified as the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. We are going to reach a place where we see we are one family of one God, of one source. We are spiritual brothers and sisters throughout the entire planet. And Mm -hmm. that is what you and I are awakening and standing up for, as well as thousands and thousands of other people that are also awakening and, and really being God in action. It's not just sitting around meditating. It's actually being out there. The, the wise ones, I call them, the 12 wise ones, said they can yes. write the music, but can't play the piano. So we need to be out there playing the piano and bringing in and ushering in this new world. And we do it each time we not only awaken within our own soul, but we share that with our friends by being an example, by being loving, by practicing all the time to be awake and present and and. Um, giving up our judgment, all the things you and I have been talking about today is how we help awaken the world. It's very true. And like like I said before, once you awaken, the first thing you want to do is share it with others because you want to inspire. I always say I'm not a teacher, I'm not a guru. All I can do in, is inspire another person to go within and tap mm-hmm. into that truth that lies within each of us. And live right. your truth. Live your authentic life. Follow your passion. You want to paint, paint. You want to play music, play music. Whatever your passion is, follow that. Right. Because that, that's where your spirit is guiding you. And that will, a lot of people don't, don't follow their passion because they think it won't support them. But they're t- that's right. totally wrong. That's what society is teaching you, which is not true. When you follow your passion, you are completely supported. You have nothing to worry about. So follow your passion, follow your dream, and that's how you share your gifts and help inspire others to awaken exactly. by following your passion 
and following your dreams. So, yeah. Right. Awesome. So amazing. So do you have, can you share with our listeners your website and where they can find yes. you and what might be yes. coming up if you have any more workshops coming up? Well, I, I, I'm planning to do some webinars. I don't have a public workshop coming up. I have some within companies I go in and do workshops. But I will, um, I, you can, people can find out about my messages and read the wise ones and um, hear about, you know, as upcoming things come about. I also do executive coaching, which is really mm-hmm. intuitive coaching and life, life coaching. I do it within companies, but I also do it for individuals who just want to be more in alignment with their own inner guidance and, and really hear their own messages. So my two websites are, my more professional one is www.danabeal, and that's D-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-L.com, B with like boy, not deal, mm-hmm. but deal. And my mm-hmm. blog spiritual blog that used to be more secret and I've now come out of the closet and I'm sharing it much more openly is the www.the12wiseones.com and it's spelled out 12 not number 12 not not number so, 12 okay very and, good yes and Go that I think audience would like because it's so um very very um connected to spirit and divine messages that help us go through these times that on a, the outside appearance look difficult but are actually are actually bringing in and are in service to a new world. Yes, yes. We definitely are. 2017, I just know it. it's, it's going to be an amazing year. My other question I wanted to ask you is, we just got a new president. Every time I say that, I smile. <laughs> yes. But um, so, what are what are your thoughts here in the U.S. that uh, we have a new president? I'm just curious. Yes, my thoughts about it. I I I teach a lot about um, authentic and enlightened leadership, and so mm-hmm. we just need to be able. Are we are we seeing enlightened leadership? Are we seeing a self self introspective person who operates from humility? who is looking out for the best interests of all people, or or do we see something different? I'm not here to tell anybody what they should see, but I am going to say this much, that what's going on right now, our human society and structure is actually the support to the former style of attack and overcome and uh, eliminate the enemy and, and meet fire with fire and all of that is actually... Right. It's actually diminishing. We are lose. We are, even though it appears like it's still working, there is a massive shift of, of millions of people that are recognizing this does not work and it's not going to work. And I believe it's going to dissolve into the oblivion of past civilizations. And in in its place is emerging this new world of compassion and love and honor for one another. Right. Yes. I, I'm not polite political at all um i do see that i know the moment like i said when um a few about 10 months ago when i unexpectedly um lost my client um my spirit my soul was just jumping up and down for joy now 
I I did not vote for Mr. Trump. I call him the Donald. But when and I didn't know until almost 24 hours later who actually won the election. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have I don't watch news and I don't have commercial mm-hmm. television in my house and I didn't seek to look to find out who won. So when I did find out who won, again my soul was overjoyed. Now I not say I did not vote for the man. Matter of fact, I voted for Bernie. Bernie mm-hmm. earned my vote. I wrote him in, Bernie. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. um, and but my soul, because I know that my spirit, my higher self, it has much um, a much larger view of what's going on right. than I do. Yeah. So I trust in my higher self. So my higher self and my soul was very happy for some reason. So I. I just like okay, and I feel like it was also a vote for change. There was, you know, people wanted some kind of a change. So I don't want people to think um, I'm for. Uh, I'm not political at all. First of all, mm-hmm. I'm not political because I know it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It the uh, I create my own reality. I mm-hmm. create my experience nobody else not mm-hmm. barack obama not donald trump doesn't matter who's living in that white house it does not right. affect me it doesn't affect my life because i create my own reality so that's why i know who i am i know the powerful divine light being i am and when you know that you don't you don't get so upset about who's in the White House, you know. Right. So we, I just go ahead. I I just am, am being told to trust that it's all part of the plan, and and this is a rapidly unfolding plan of awakening, and so mm-hmm. we can't judge. Goals. Even though you know, on a human level, we may feel a lot of emotions. That's part of the journey of being on the planet. Mm-hmm. Is you know, we have our ups and downs, our gladness, our sadness our disappointments, right. the deeper level, mm-hmm. it's all into a new world. Right. And talk, going back to what we were talking about, we know that everything happens in perfect divine timing. So right. what, it, whatever happens is in perfect divine timing. So like you yes. said, it is all a part of a bigger plan, and it's all perfect. So when you know that, when you trust, and also the Donald is a part of the oneness, <laughs> he's not right. excluded from oneness. You know, he's just a, a reflection of us. You know, yes, he's, he's now absolutely. the reflection of the U.S., <laughs> which right. is okay. It's all good because we're all equal. There's yes. no, There are no villains. There are no victims, yes. and there are no villains. No. So if we truly believe in oneness, if we truly right. are living oneness, we can't say he's a villain. We can't villainize anybody because there are no villains and there are no victims in true oneness. That's true. Yes. But we mm-hmm. can on, on, a, on, a, on a planetary level, on a, a national level, we also do not have to sacrifice our own values and our beliefs, and we can take a stand and recognize mm-hmm. we do support and 
don't just give tacit approval for things that we don't approve of. And that's Mm -hmm. what I believe is part of the awakening, too, is for each one of us to stand up for our true, authentic um, understanding of what Mm -hmm. um, we're here to do Mm -hmm. and not be... Exactly. And I think that's true. I think that that the election is is making people start to get up off the sofa and you know it's right. like okay wait a second let me now do let me take back my power you yes. know let me get up and let me start doing things and taking back my power and and yes. going out and supporting what i want to see so that that actually was a, a very you know a positive thing from the election because right. I think it got a lot of people off the sofa. <laughs> yeah, and very involved in this. Place. Yes. Mhm. Yeah, very good, very good. And I want to share with the listeners one more time before we leave about the conscious business declaration. Um, I am partnering with Humanities Team, and if you go to humanitiesteam.org um, and click on Conscious Business Declaration, um, you can sign it, and there's so many businesses, businesses and business leaders that have come together and put together this Conscious Business Declaration, where we're, we're working on a conscious business move, movement where business is now going to be focused more on the elevation of humanity as a whole. So thank yes. you so much. This has been amazing. I love, love, love it. Must have you back again. And hopefully I have never been to Seattle, but I will love to come to Seattle. I, I wanna I feel like I'm gonna be traveling more in my, my near future, which is a great thing. Yes. Well, it would be great to meet you in person. I I have made so many friends all over the world in this movement and shift that I haven't met in person, so I hope you do get out to Seattle. And actually, I don't even know where you Where do you live? I live in the Poconos. I'm in the Poconos, northeast Pennsylvania. I'm not too far from John. I have met John in person. John was here in October. And um, maybe maybe I, John and I could come out there together. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be great. Ah, that yeah. would be great. So yes. it, it, yes. it probably will occur. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Dana. I am so, so happy that you, you took the time to, to come and share with our listeners. And hopefully I'm hoping that people that are in the workplace now that are are feeling that pressure and feeling, you know, that they don't have their power at work. You know, sometimes we feel like, okay, I can't wait to get home to get my power back. But you can actually, you can walk in your power in every now moment, knowing that you are who you are. And and don't let that just stay at home. You know, you can take that with you to work. And you'll be surprised, you know, when... um, you actually start living your truth in every now moment. Right. Be very surprised at what happens. Yes. yes. A welcome surprise. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You have a great evening, and we're going to keep yes. in touch, okay? All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much okay. for having me. Oh, Bye. I loved having you. Have a great night and a great weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.